So today is the Monday before Godai Festival. Last year I spoke to our guest at the Coventry to Council House, whereas today I'm at the park itself, the Memorial Park, and see a little bit behind the scenes of the work that's going on. And I've got John Hogan with me, who is the head of events for Coventry to Council, but more importantly for Godiva, he's the festival director. John, a pleasure to have you with me again. Hey, not a problem. Welcome. It's not often I have returning guests, so it's a good sign that I've got you back. So, Godiva Festival's this weekend. It's up and coming. Work's been going on for the past few days. You can see there's lots of vans and trucks and and all sorts going on. Um, So let's start with sustainability. What's different this year? Yeah, well, clearly within the whole event industry, festival industry, there is a move, and there always has been a move towards sustainability and, uh, um, you, you know, encouraging our audiences to adopt sustainable attitudes and behaviour so that we can minimise, you know, the impact of the festival, whether that be, you know, through noise and uh, or, or through transport. Essentially, it's a carbon footprint. You know, we're trying to bring that down, so... Um, we make advances every year, and this year's no different. Uh, we've signed up with an organisation called Agrina Festival, who accredit uh, uh, festival operations and um, festival planning up and down the country. Uh, and if you like, provide a benchmark, because one of the things that we want to definitely improve on is understanding what our footprint is. Because once you can measure it, you can manage it. Uh, uh, so we're making a lot of efforts this year for example within our temporary power uh, instead of just burning lots of diesel uh, you know we've got a combination of of different power sources battery power solar power and with tower lights but also replacing diesel with uh, uh, vegetable oil hvo Uh, and, and but also then having some recording so that we've got the right level of power at the right place as opposed to over-providing. You know, a lot of um, excess carbon is used up in over-providing. So there's a system of telematics, if you like, so, so understanding what our power consumptions are, our peaks, our lows, so that we can match the, the right source to the right job. So there's a lot of um, technical work behind, but there's also that shout-out to the public. You know, we've always had recycling facilities on site, but this time we're complementing it with you know, larger recycling centres on the field, which will be staffed with volunteers uh, and also some of our own sustainability and cleansing staff, street pride staff, so that we can, you know, indicate to the public where do they put their half-eaten carton of noodles? Uh, 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 And then we can send waste for composting and we can send waste for recycling. Um, once again, it's a it's a can bar on the main. There are other drinks uh, that will be cups, and the cups are recyclable and, and, and deposit driven. But other than that, you know, um, using cans is uh, is a much more recyclable product uh, than PET. You know, even the crew, the crew are all equipped now with their own refillable water bottles, as opposed to using single use plastics. Yeah. It's also about the supply chain, uh, minimising the amount of road miles. So, you know, instead of uh, solid wall buildings coming on site, porter cabins, uh, you know, we have collapsible buildings. So you can stack, you know, more than six on a trailer as opposed to a trailer only bringing one at a time. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of thought going into it and also a lot of support from my colleagues in the council in our sustainability team. You know, not just about guidance and advice, but actually taking on some of this work as well in creating data that we can then, as I say, measure ourselves against. So um, sustainability is 
a big part of the event industry. And as a city council that takes it seriously, the, the climate change and, uh, you know, with our, with our climate uh, strategy, you know, we, we need to walk the walk, don't we? Not just talk the talk. Well, I guess it's meaningful. I think some of the, I remember a couple of years ago when I read that some organisation, whether that's festivals or businesses, what they do is rather than making meaningful change, they plant a bunch of trees elsewhere, they get a company to do it and offset their carbon emissions by saying, actually, we've, we've used this much. However, look how much we've, we've brought. But this feels meaningful. I've got a list. Obviously, the, the team sent me a bunch of stuff that you're doing. What, what's really driven then this? Uh, well, I, su- I suppose. What's driving it is um, twofold, you know, from within the council, you know, wanting, as I say, to change behaviours, you know, because it's not just about the festival, is it? It's about uh, um, bringing to the fore uh, what you can do as an individual to help uh, uh, the climate, to create clean air in the city, Uh, you know, so we all know what the benefits are and we all know the... uh, uh, um, the things we need to do we just need to be encouraged to do it don't we so uh, I think that's one reason and then the other uh, you know so the first reason as I say you know it's, it's, it's the council's aim and will and wish and therefore it's our wish to um, lead by example the other then is is within the, the festival industry at large uh, and you know it's serious commitment there are more and more product and services available that are more sustainable. Um, you, you know, the industry has moved on. Um, it was, once upon a time, um, it was quite rare to find um, HVO generators yeah, or um, uh, to find collapsible buildings. But now they're there because there's demand. So the demand curve has gone up. Um, it's, it's becoming easier to become more sustainable. So more accessible, there's other organisations that are doing it, probably now competitively, so the, the cost is less than, than before? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the costs across the industry supply chain are still uh, suffering the effects of COVID. So I don't want to, no, I don't want to make a claim yeah. <laughs> that way, but uh, 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 it's it certainly the, the quantity of supply. Yeah. You know, we all have our festivals in the summer, so we all need all the kids at the same time so it's about having quantity and diverse suppliers so most of our audience and we know this from the visitor surveys uh, are local you know cv postcodes and um we know from our audience data as well that a lot of people come to the park on foot on public transport it's not necessarily an event that generates a lot of traffic we're not a camping festival either so people aren't obliged to to bring a vehicle because they're bringing a, a heap of camping equipment. So, um, you, you know, our footprint on our, our, our transport, if you like, for, for the audience is actually quite keen. Um, but that's not to say we can't improve things. So, you know, we, we do try and partner up with public transport providers to make sure. Now, fortunately, there is another train strike on the Sunday of the festival. But... Uh, again we're still trying to encourage people to think about alternative transport well it reminds me of when I was a kid when I was a kid and you went on holiday the journey was kind of part of it and I, th- I see the same with Godiva Festival the walk that we are I live in Charlesmore so I'm about half an hour walk that kind of has become part of our journey our, our, our <laughs> festival now me and the boys and my wife kind of walk down together <laughs> and actually it, we always like the bit where you get to the gate and then you've got that little bit of a walk in I don't really know what my point is here but I guess the, the journey is as good as it I guess I think s- subliminally as well it reinforces the 
the idea that Godiva is a local festival. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the fact that you can take that half hour walk yeah. uh, uh, and get here. You know, Coventry is quite a compact city in terms of its uh, housing density, so um, it does it does lend itself to that. Uh, and I think the more of that, the better. Obviously, it means you can have a drink as well. Aye, <laughs> but. Uh, 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 it is important for us that it's owned by the city. So coming back to that subliminal point about uh, being a local festival, you know, I always, you know, pitch Godiva. It's a giant community festival. It's the city social. It has a sprinkling of stardust, but actually, it's you look at the bill, you look at the program. It's got a signature of the city running through it. Whether it be the music performers, the non-music performers, the music performers of all levels from the enemy headlining through to the selector celebrating the musical heritage of the city through to schools music and everything in between and then we've also got you know organizations like the daimler powerhouse who represents you know a number of organizations the imagineers rebel manifesto media mania you know all rooted in the city so not just the participants but the creative companies that are working with those young people. So it, it really is a celebration of the city. But that also then bleeds out into um, the audience. Uh, you know, as I say, most of our audience are CV postcodes, but also in, into that feeling of ownership because it, it induces civic pride. I've been watching Glastonbury all weekend and I've got friends that are there and I said, oh, Glastonbury is just a poor man's Godoy Festival. Uh, but you can, Godoy Festival doesn't feel like it's a shrunken version of Glastonbury. What it feels like, it does feel like a celebration in the city. I do feel that Coventry run through Godoy Festival um, and I guess that's the civic pride that you're talking about. It, it is, it is. But it's, we're also conscious that, you know, what we want to provide is the best value. You know, there's a cost of living crisis out there. It's biting. We know that, Yeah. But that shouldn't mean that this city produces something of lesser quality than Glastonbury. We might not have the same enormous footprint, but we do aspire to giving people a quality festival experience at a fraction of the price. Well, I guess things like, and hopefully it's still the same this year, but to be able to refill your, your bottles of water. Yeah. Last year, it almost came as a surprise, and I kind of, maybe I'd, I'd forgotten about it, but now I've got the boys, I'm having to make sure they're, I'm not just drinking beer, I need to make sure they're hydrated too. Yeah. And, and I guess things like that will help, not that we should say everyone should drink water because of the cost of living crisis, but having access to free water, I guess, is important. Yeah, absolutely, you, you know, and we do, you know, we have to have stringent admission rules what you can bring what you can't bring but what we do say is you can bring an empty refillable yeah. bottle you know with you to uh, you know don't, don't try and put uh, alcohol in it yeah, yeah. Uh, then it will be confiscated yeah. but you know an empty refillable bottle or sealed bottle of water you know 500 yeah, ml yeah. bottle of water you bring in with you clearly we, we do have you know lots of uh, drink for sale uh, but um, you can fill up at various points across the field with uh, with our water points. So let's touch upon a couple of things. Um, could I have a call in? So this is the first time that all of the winners will be going to will be taking the main stage this year. Um, I'm about to speak to Sam McNaughty. Or actually, I've spoken to Sam McNaughty, but you're going to hear that after this interview. Um, that must be a massive feeling of pride for you. Yeah, I mean, we've got Coventry running through the various stages because there's, there's a number of different stages and platforms. Um, but with Godiva calling... That's the only way you can earn yourself a place on the main stage. You know, you can in inhabit a stage that will later in the day be used by Rudimental, Mel C and, uh, and the enemy, you know. 
uh, and you you as a up and coming band get to feel what a big stage looks like you're experiencing the same view on the audience as those A-listers of Rudimental are experiencing. So that's what we have to offer our Godiva calling winners. And it's just a great way, again, of trying to bring the city together uh, and, uh, and and celebrate. How about the giant Godiva that we've got this year? Yeah, this is something I am extremely pleased about. Um, Godiva Festival is in the DNA of people who live in the city, people who've been brought up in the city. There are people, young people in the city, who have not known not having a Godiva. You know, it is the city social. It's where people come together. But what gives us our character? What gives us... A, Glastonbury has a pyramid stage. What do we have? What's our icon? We have our title. We have our namesake. So, therefore, we need, we need to have the giant six meter tall uh, uh, wonderful creation of Godiva present and you know we've been working with Imagineers and, uh, in Coventry who had you know, commissioned the, the, the giant and um, we're going to be able to bring Godiva to the Godiva festival uh, so there's loads of dare I say Instagram moments but there's also an iconic shot to be had that gives the festival its identity in physical form. You know, as I say, Glastonbury has its pyramid. Everyone recognises that. Latitude has giant letters. Each festival has an identifier. We've got ours now. And we're able to do that because the creative companies under Imagineer stewardship have come together. Uh, and uh, they've been supported by, um, well, ourselves, but also the Esme Fairburn Trust, recognising that it's not just um, it's not just superficial, but it's also about the work they do with young people across all those different providers in that powerhouse youth zone. Yeah. Amazing. So finally, uh, Go Wild. So it's important that our families have lots of activities, keep our little ones entertained. So tell me about Go Wild. Indeed, indeed. So we, we had a theme of love last year, kind of post-pandemic, post, remember, yeah. post pandemic, uh, having some care for your neighbours, your friends, your family. So this year, we're going wild. Uh, and it's just an overarching theme to help us programme some of the street theatre walkabouts. You'll find giant stilt walking ancient trees. You'll also find um, uh, uh, falcons uh, and birds of prey on display, you know. And we're encouraging people to, you know, adopt the theme, go wild, do something with your hair, wear something wacky. Um, and. Uh, as I say, it's it's also mixed in with the, the programming. Uh, on a tangent, on the Sunday, which we program specifically for families, uh, we've got the addition of dinosaurs. You can't get more wild than a bunch of dinosaurs. So there are dinosaur puppets, animatronics, if you like, making a display. But, but obviously there's a bit of learning in there. And that ties nicely in with, if you take an interest in our dinosaurs, go and visit Dippy at the Herbert. Amazing. As, as I said right at the beginning, I don't tend to have guests on more than once. However, it's been really refreshing today to not have to just cover the general of about Godiva because people can go back and listen to the one from last year. And I promise you, we'll, we'll catch up again next year. I think these things that are the smaller part that people don't necessarily see, that aren't necessarily the, the absolute headlines, but is the work and the themes that go behind it, um, I'll be sure to have you on next year. Thank you very much. I mean, you know, essentially, we build a capacity for up to 30,000 people in a single day. We're building a small town, aren't we? We're building a small town for one weekend. So it takes a lot of choreography, a lot of supply chain, a lot of management. Uh, uh, 
What I am blessed with in Coventry with Godiva Festival is a family. Um, the crew, most of them have done over 20 years of Godiva Festival. They own it. The suppliers are, are regulars. And again, there's just a lot of passion for Godiva. It's not a commercial festival. It's not... Um, it doesn't run... It runs at not-for-profit. You know, we, we, we essentially, with the council support and subsidy... Um, we essentially aim to break even. There is nobody being rewarded with this festival. And um, I think that that vibe runs through it, which makes it, makes it unique amongst the festival landscape. We can only keep our prices low in the face of escalating costs. We can only keep them low if we generate the, the volume, the numbers of people coming. So my job is to find that balance of keeping the numbers coming uh, and therefore keeping the ticket price low. I'm proud to say, and I'm yet to be challenged on this, that we are Britain's best value festival of its type. Appreciate it, John. No doubt I'll see you over the weekend. Um, I, I know that, it, that it's a time where commentary comes together and um, I look forward to seeing what you have in store for us this weekend. That's it. And my job is to keep everybody safe. Thank you. So over the past few years, I've seen behind the stage of Godiva. I used to work for the NHS, so we used to have a stand at Godiva, and it was such an amazing time. Uh, people in the city know how much of a fan I am of Godiva Festival. But there's always one name that I've always seen behind the scenes, uh, and that's a guest I have with me now. So we have Sam McNulty with me today, who's worked with the council now for over a decade. Um, his main role over that time has been the booker of the acoustic stages, and he has programmed the acts for the Friday next stage bill, Saturday evening serendipity bill, plus Saturday and Sunday evening for BBC CWR. Um, Sam's also the lead organiser for Good Iver Calling. Uh, I'm sure lots of you may know people that have gone for that before, and it's essentially a chance for our local acts to get themselves on the Good Iver stage. So an absolute pleasure to have Sam McNaughty with me today. Hello, mate. Uh, and, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be doing this. Uh, it's quite an honour, really. I, I don't. Um, I, I do this because I love it. Um, it it's, it's my passion. Music's always been my passion. I've a firm, a firm, deep-seated belief that uh, music can change and transform lives. So let's take it back then. So ten years, or at least a decade, I've got here on my notes. You, you and Godiva, how did it start? Um, I go right back to um, the Godiva Festival. I have a little bit of history with the. Um, it sort of started as the um, as as part of the, uh, the the carnival sort of parade. Mm-hmm. Right back, this is twenty five, thirty years ago, and it sort of it used to end up at the park, the end of the and they and had a little stage, and that went and it and it went through various um, various phases down the years to where we are today, which is. Possibly, well not possibly, very definitely Coventry's blue ribboned cultural event. This is the one. This is the biggie. This is the one we're we're known for throughout the country, um, throughout the world. Co- Coventry is on the map because of the Godiva Festival, and so from that sort of a, like a carnival type atmosphere, we've got to the present day, sort of twenty five years on, where we have now got one of the biggest and best family musical events in, in the in the country. So, and your role in that? Yeah, well, we again these these things happen in, in very strange ways. We we ran a bar, a, a real ale bar, um, 
12, 14 years ago. And as a result of that, I was doing open mics and I was performing acoustically on my own. I was been in different bands and recording music all my life. And we decided to put some music on. And the guy who was, we were running like a real ale type thing I situation. I could have a festival. And that then sort of the guy running the lager bar didn't like the fact that we were going to have our own little stage inside the uh, inside this tent, this real L tent. So he insisted we take it outside. And that was the first year. It was two platforms. The tiny the size, the size of this table was sat at the moment. Two of those together. And I remember having a nine-piece band then, actually, called Providence Street. Um, none of, we couldn't all fit on the stage. It was funny. It was really funny. Um, we all, Whenever sort of someone stood up to take a solo, they'd knock the others off the stage and we're literally falling off either side of the stage, front and back. And we, uh, we, we started off that way. That was 12, 14 years ago, and, it, and it's grown and grown and grown. And now, now, the powers of B have seen fit to let us actually loose on one of the major stages on the Friday night, which is presumably why we're, why we're having this, um, this interview, because uh, it, it's called, we're calling it the Love and Madness Takeover. Love and Madness being the record label. So obviously this year, I know that you've done loads, but it's not just about this year that I've got you on. You're the figure I've seen that's behind the scenes, like that all the musicians know. We'll go, we'll go on to Godiva calling, but our nephews, Sam and Philip, they were the Bad Divine now. I can't remember what they were called, but they won or at least came second. It was a year when it was flooding and it got, everything got cancelled. They were supposed to play and they opened two years ago. They opened Godiva uh, through Godiva calling. It's a massive thing for local bands and musicians in the city. How did Godiva Calling start? Godiva Calling was, um, as a result, it came about as a result of, um, we used to have what we called the spotlight stage, and that was dedicated to local acts on a Friday night. And, uh, and then it mutated into this competition type situation where we, where we, we actually, Group all the all the musical styles into their sort of so the six different genres mm-hmm. as we're fond of calling them, and they run from singer songwriter, urban through uh, through rock and indie pop, alternative pop, um, and through to the under eighteen section as well. And there's six different sections now, and six acts have won through. And this year, what's really good about it, the Godiva calling, is that they're all actually playing on the main stage itself, for which is a pretty big thing for for a lot of local acts. To actually be on on the main stage of their of the the blue ribbon event as we as we're fond of calling it the uh, Godiva calling mm. uh, Godiva festival itself because I think last year was a big moment as well wasn't that because the, you did have local acts on the stage so Caitlin McCarthy you had Idle Noise there was somebody else you've got to remind me who it was that had the main stage last year Monastery he, I think, yeah, I think he, he proposed oh, yeah, yeah he proposed to a live on yeah, stage yeah, he proposed yeah. to his girlfriend yeah. so so what is why and I know the answer already, but what is the importance of having local run through Godiva Festival? Uh, John, uh, who's uh, who, who organises the, the whole festival, uh, it's his name above the door. He um, he he absolutely he calls it a community festival with a sprinkling of fairy dust. And that's exactly how it, that's a great description of it because it is a community festival. It's, it's based all, it's, the acts, the majority of the acts are from around the city. Um, we do our best to try and sort of include, um, the different, different genres of music and community. And we've obviously, we've got, um, yeah, we've got some fantastic acts this year, but I'm not going to talk about them. So I'm here to talk about Love and Madness, mm. our takeover of the uh, Friday night stage. Um, they know who the other acts are. Mm. They don't need me to, to go plug in them. Um, but we've uh, we've got nine acts 
on our stage. We opened with Kate, mm-hmm. Kate McCarthy. We finished with the session, who was celebrating the 21st year. And in between, there's me, the boy who invented everything. There's Pandora with her band. And we've also got five other acts. Uh, all you, There's Abby, there's I See the Rabbit, there's Ruth Kelly, uh, there's Dean McDonald, and there's Jack Blackman. Yeah. How did I remember all those names? You did very well. I did. I remember all the names, and they're, and they're all, so that's nine acts in total will be opening and closing the Friday night on the next stage. Mm-hmm. So when you come in, go straight up the hill, don't turn left, mm-hmm. go straight up the hill, and you'll end up, you'll end up in the fun fair, or you'll end up right in front of our stage, which is where it's all going to happen. What does your Godiva weekend typically look like then? So obviously, I know Friday's when it all starts, but what does your kind of prep or the, the lead up to Godiva? Well, we, um, we meet, uh, we, we meet for breakfast. We'll have a we'll have a company breakfast. There's half a dozen of us uh, working on the uh, the different stages. I've got three stages this year. I've got the next stage on the Friday night that we've just been talking about. We've got the BBC stage. Uh, Hannah and her team and Siobhan from the BBC program their own acts in the daytime, Saturday and Sunday. And then the um, and then you've got the um, you, you've got the, the Saturday, Friday and Saturday night, which I program which is, again, has got local acoustic acts on it. And the Saturday night, the jewel in the crown this year, is the Serendipity stage. Mm. I'm trying to get it built or, or branded as a Club Serendipity Saturday mm. night. So we've got that as well, Saturday night. So we've got, I'll be running two stages Saturday, one stage on Friday, and another one stage on Sunday. And as a, I think there's a slim chance of talking about uh, giving me a broom, a uh, broom <laughs> so I can sweep up after all the acts have gone home. I'll just be uh, tidying up after everyone's finished. So Godiva weekends are dueling in the city's crown. What does the rest of the year look for you? Is it prepping for the prepping for Godiva Festival? It, it, it is. It's gone that way over over the years. Um, I I'm a musician first and foremost. I write and record songs all the time. I've got thirty songs on the go at the moment, which are all if I say so myself are some of the best music I've ever done, and they'll be getting released on the Love and Madness uh, imprint on, on our record label over the next 12 months. I've got three albums on the go. One's uh, sort of loosely based on um, on the Sakini strings, on the, in that they're sort of the, not orchestral, but they've got a sort of a, a, an orchestral feel to them with the, with the live strings on them. The second one is a sort of European flavour. I know we're no longer in Europe, but this was a concept I've had for years and years, and they're sort of loosely based on European centres of excellence. So some of the songs are based in Berlin. Uh, there's one based in Reykjavik. Don't ask me how or why that happened, but it sounds a bit like Bjork. <laughs> and we've we've got Paris, and we've got Venice, and we've got Vienna, all in there. And we uh, that that's the second album. The third album is based on great artists. So we've got three albums on the go. I run a Monday night open mic acoustic act thing at Millsy's Wine Bar in Earlsdon, which is where I live, and we, we've been going, we've been running that open mic uh, longer than most West End musicals. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we've been going for, well, as long as I've been working at Godiva, I've been working the Millsy's Open Mic Mondays, uh, so it's 14 plus years, it may be 15 this mm-hmm. year. Nice. So let's, before I let you go, Give me a couple of your Godiva highlights from over the years. What are some of the things that have jumped out to you, whether that's you personally or acts that you've booked or moments that you remember fondly for Godiva Festival? Well, there have been various, we've had various um, local bands and, and acts that have, uh, that have really made a, an impression on me. Um, I really loved the year that Human League 
headlined. And I really liked the year that the Super Furry Animals mm -hmm. headlined on the Saturday night. That was when the main stage was actually inside a tent. Uh, but my, I suppose my main highlight would be when we opened uh, one year, and this was 2007, we, uh, we opened for, it was a Friday night, Human League were on the main stage, and we were playing to like sort of three people and their dog. Uh, and because it was just the first night of the festival, hardly anyone had arrived. Then the heavens opened. The heavens absolutely opened and down came the rain. And from playing to like three or four people in, in the tent, in the main tent, we, uh, we actually were playing to about, about 1500 oh, yes, by the end of it. So the rain came down and the crowd came in. Those special moments that I'm sure everybody across the city that's been to Kodaya Festival will remember little moments, little things that happen. Would, obviously, I know you will, but how, will you, how would you encourage local people to go to Kodaya Festival? Oh, just get yourself a ticket. Get yourself a ticket and get down there. Um, you, you can still get them in advance. I don't know what, um, what they're uh, priced at at the moment, but the value for what you're actually getting, um, is, it, it, it's not, it's unequaled. The, the, the value for money for the Godiva Festival. The family ticket for the weekend is the best value. Get the kids down there. Get the whole family there. Yeah, I think you're allowed to bring picnics in. You know, you can you bring your own food, bring your sandwiches and your sausage rolls and what have you, and get yourself down there with the family. But definitely get to the next stage on Friday night to see the love and madness take over. What a perfect way to end it. Sam, what a pleasure to have you. Um, like I say, I know from afar how hard you work for our city in terms of the music. And um, I think there's lots of bands, musicians that speak so fondly of you and, and the impact you've made to them. An absolute pleasure. And no doubt I'll try and come over to your stage um, on the, the opening night. Oh, thank you very much. That, that was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for that. So last week you'd have heard me speaking to Phil Rooney um, from the Empire. We were talking about the bands in the city and I was saying that the boys I have with me today are the ones that I think are going to be the ones that really push through and break through. Um, and being at Godiva Festival um, is obviously a good sign as part of that. So with me I've got Reed and Kurt from the Institute. We're going to have a chat about some of their Godiva memories, their history with the city and obviously Godiva Festival coming in this weekend. So what a pleasure to have you both with me. Hey man, thank you very much. Yep, thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here. So I should say, but a little bit behind the scenes, my two boys, Oscar and Caleb, are sat on the table as well. So they've both got Caleb's drawing, Oscar's reading. They're on the best behaviour. And so I guess we, this we need to be as well. So yeah. It feels like they're kind of keeping an eye on us as well, just to make sure that we're being good. Yeah. As I said, these are the ones that are secretly deciding whether or not you can play the festival or not. Did you see him? I saw him then. That's a little side eye he give you there. Dennis the Menace as well, which means he could like get his catapult out at any moment. <laughs> so, Good Eye Festival this weekend. Um, tell me about your experiences with Good Eye Festival. Well, actually, the first time that Reed and I ever played music together was at Godiva Festival. Do you remember that? Well, yeah, I think you jumped on the bongos, didn't you? Yeah, you jumped for, one of, for me, and we just randomly went for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was incredible, actually. That it was, was well, I mean, it wasn't incredible musically, oh, okay, but it was incredible as an experience. <laughs> Not because of you. <laughs> and was that an actual band, or was that just the two no, of you playing no. drums in the, in the field? I gathered loads of songs together, and I thought... If, is it, you can get onto certain stages easier than you can others at Godiva. Um, Reed wanted to gather the elite musicians of Coventry. Yeah, yeah, and there was none of them answered. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then we just got together. Um, we had a bass player who's called who was Gary, and he's in now uh, in a band called um, 
man-made moon. Um, and he was a good mate of mine and we did a bit of writing and that was it and Kurt came along we tried it out and no one clapped so I started again you know what I mean and here we are yeah that must have been about let's say seven or eight years ago it's got to be I reckon it's be. Yeah, because you, yeah because yeah let's just say yeah <laughs> he's gone from looking like Richard Gere to Bobby Charlton <laughs> there, didn't we all didn't we all yeah. <laughs> it's, what, what, what's that moment where you wake up you go Jesus <laughs> so yeah so then have you played good ever since? I know you were supposed to play last year, weren't you? But you didn't play last year. Have you played before that as the institutes? This lineup hasn't no. at all. No. So no, this is this is the debut of the institutes at Godiva. So it's it is a big moment for us. I think all of us have played it. Um, I think all of us have played the main formats, stage. Actually, bands. I've played the main um, stage various times. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. Um, so we've all done it, just never as as this band. So it's it's really cool. What's good is it's coming on a run of quite a few festivals that we're yeah. doing this yeah. summer. So we're going to be really confident. We're going to sort of know what we're we getting. Can't, we kind in. of have like a plan almost. We have a plan. We have a guy who's really really helping us with the plan. Mm. And like if we'd have done it before, everyone wants Godiva in Coventry naturally, and uh, to get it. To do it without any reason sometimes is a bit of a waste because they won't have you back again. Or they might. You might be one of those bands that just kind of like part of the furniture. That's fine. Crack on. But we're, we're definitely not that. So they've actually timed it perfectly for us because we're on a roll at the minute. And it's like we're kind of hoping that it's snowballing. And like you say, we're hoping to go somewhere with it. And this is perfect for it, especially in Coventry. It 100% feels it. So it must have been, I don't think I said it at the beginning. So I've been doing this podcast two years ago and I reached out to the band and there was a song Healing Time that I listened to and it was perfect for the, for what I saw as the intro. And you know what it's like, you can get really picky about stuff like this. And it, and I love that song so much. And I reached out to the band and said, can I, can I use it as the intro? So now it's like synonymous with me for the for you boys and this podcast. So it's almost feeling like you've got like the extra special guest stars to have you with us. And that was two years ago. And I've seen how much the band's grown since then. I know you've been overseas, you toured in America. What's the last couple of years been like for you? Been a been a roller coaster, really. Because well, it's been difficult. It's been very. Um, it's been a massive. Well, it's it's like a relationship. Obviously, being in a band. I mean, sometimes you just crack, and you have to have your, t- your space away from it. So, because we've all got jobs, we've all got kids, and we've all got lives outside of this. You know, so it's a. Uh, it's not like we're 18 year olds being rock and roll stars with no responsibilities. We look at what bills we have going out, you know, and life's, it's demanding. Obviously we, we love it so much that it's not going to stop us in any way. So like, it's nice to be doing it properly and kind of getting some recognition for it. We're playing shows now where people are turning up to watch us traveling hundreds of miles. Genuinely, mm-hmm. you don't get that. You, that's the hardest thing to do. So we, we're, we're going in the right direction. Do you think because you've had band, you've been in bands before, you've kind of almost got that side of it out of your system a little bit, and actually this is now where the music can be taken a bit more serious, maybe? Yeah, I mean, really interestingly, when when we started doing this again, maybe because of because because of the age we are or whatever it was, genuinely we, th- we we thought it would be we're just going to try and write some really good songs. What's interesting is that it has sort of snowballed and it's yeah. and it's got bigger and bigger, and maybe without that pressure of. Like, oh, we're going to be famous. We yeah, want to be, that's exactly you know. What I was going to say. Um, you know, it's it's sort of because every every sort of it's just about getting experiences now. Yeah. You know, going to America, what an experience! There's no sort of sense of entitlement. We know we've earned it. Um, playing Godiva again, no sense of entitlement. We're just really really pleased to, to, to be playing that festival. Yeah, you definitely lose your ego over the years. And I feel like you separate from that life 
and then you kind of look back on yourself and you become like Yoda. You know what I mean? You started, you started to look like Yoda, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you do, you kind of, you, you lose your ego. You know, like when you're younger, you probably missed a million opportunities because you were too busy yeah. swagging your arms, swaggering your arms around saying like mad for it and that, you know? Now it's just like, wow. So you kind of look at like, look at attitudes. I think the music industry is obviously about talent, but it's more about being nice and just kind of like, getting everyone's just, you know, sucking everything up and just trying to eventually trying to go somewhere with it. You know what I mean? Because it's just not going to happen. It's not going to drop on, on in front of you like, and you pick it up and go, oh, great, I'm famous. You know what I mean? Or I'm successful, whatever you want. So how did playing Good Eye Festival this weekend come about? Uh, an email just came through from the team. So yeah, after seven thousand from us, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, from you. <laughs> yeah. I just said my, my, my internet was broke. <laughs> no, no. It, it, yeah, it just came from. I think they recognised it. Definitely, they definitely yeah. recognised it. And I'm glad they did. You know what I mean? Because it's a nice stage. I like playing inside tents. I think you can turn the volume up a little bit more, especially with Godiva, with the certain sound restrictions you might get. You can turn the volume up. There's no wind stopping the sound. And then you can just kind of get everyone enclosed. And I like that kind of vibe. So you're playing on Sunday uh, on the next stage. Yeah. Uh, obviously the tent. So yeah. if it rains, hopefully we get everybody in the tent. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know already there's going to be flocks of people going there. You kind of, for me, you've stood out on, uh, you've obviously got the headliners, and obviously the enemy, of course. But you're the ones for me that I was like, as soon as I saw, I thought that makes sense. Um you, do you get nervous doing like a homecoming gig in that kind of way? I know you've played plenty of festival, plenty of gigs in the city, but in terms of Good Eye Festival, does it feel extra special? It feels extra special, obviously. Um, I definitely don't get um, nervous because um, I think it would definitely show in, in performance for a singer. Me personally, I have to kind of like block myself out so I don't make much eye contact with the crowd. And uh, in fact, a good warm up was uh, in Spiral Carpets mm-hmm. at the Empire, mm-hmm. Phil Rooney. Um, and that was uh, certainly um, very nervy, but I managed because we had a three camera, we had a camera crew there. We make, we're making a DVD for it, VHS, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I don't know these days. We had, you know, had a camera, a, a girl right in, in my face, and you know, and there was everyone was just there. We couldn't believe how busy it was. So that was mm. that was probably the biggest show I've ever done. So now I feel like I can just manage. Reed's got a. Um, a saying that is don't get nervous get drunk yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, before work though <laughs> some good either memories perhaps good eye festival memories my first memory actually is going on my scooter with wayne who owns the phone shop on far gosford street we went on our vespers i think he had a lambretta or i can't remember and uh we saw um swamp donkey play mm-hmm. daz ferris he still continues to play to these days. And that was one of the... I was like, wow, this guy's absolutely mad. You know what I mean? I definitely didn't copy his style, but uh, he definitely um, struck a struck a chord because I watched it and I was like, okay, I, I love this. And at the time, I hadn't really started a band. I was riding my scooter when I was like 14. Mm. Dad, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that was that. And that was brilliant. And then, um, yeah, and then it just continued. You know what? Super Furry Animals, The Enemy, Kasabian... Mm seen them all good either brilliant yeah man i, I mean my, my grandparents used to live just around the corner in um in elsdon so so i used to just sort of run down back in the days when people took their own crates in and all that sort of stuff Did you do that silly run always yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, i'm he's not a very good runner i'm, I'm well, a strong is. runner <laughs> my, my method is unorthodox he looks like but it's effective he looks like he's swimming when he's running <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I used to run down and um, yeah, I, I loved 
like you think back to it because it's it, it really does feel like a proper festival well it is a proper festival now it always was a proper festival yeah. but just sort of like the anarchic uh cool sort of diy mm-hmm. um like sort of attitude of it from when when we were younger was really cool and obviously it's a place to sort of and yeah and if you're from coventry and you're at home and godiva's on you're like i've got to be there because yeah, you know like yeah, yeah. You, got, you it's like one giant queen vic you know what i mean you walk in and you pretty much know everyone anyway so you could walk up with no mates and then you'll come home with loads of mates you ain't seen in years i remember it would have been 15 16 years ago it would have been when enemy played um, and it was the year it didn't rain it rained massively heavily and it was when I first met my wife so the boys mum over there um, and it was like a family do on the night where the enemy were and I remember I couldn't go to the enemy because of this do was there played, my other band played that year inside yeah. the tent weren't they yeah yeah, yeah that was amazing well maybe it wasn't maybe it was open I can't remember I wasn't oh, there the, that's 2016 you say well, no 2008 so oh, yeah, 16 years yeah so but I remember I couldn't go to it and but like you say it was in that was pre or majorly pre-internet type stuff yeah, but you yeah felt like you weren't there john hogan the guy the festival director said it's like the coventry social and um, with a sprinkling stardust and i think that does that is how it feels it feels like, like the queen vic as you say there of people getting together um with mousy and and people on stage 100 percent agree and uh yeah you get to see some great acts up there as well i mean to see band like mel like mel c and, and just the enemy to be back is a big vibe because that yeah. it, this is their festival now yeah. i feel they're the one band. If you can, that's like a, a bigger. That's like they're like. I mean, I, I this is a bit maybe a bit over the top, but they're like the Coventry Beatles, aren't they? Mm-hmm. For for the younger lads yeah. as well, you know what I mean. They're kind of like they're the ones that everyone will come and see, and every word to every song, yeah. which is why it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we seem to be playing every festival with them this year as well. We we, we played with them a couple of weeks ago at Isle of Wight, so we we went and watched. It's the first time I'd seen them since oh forever it seemed, but. It felt like, I mean, that th- there's still civic pride, even like in the Isle of Wight. There was, yeah. there was at least ten cov shirts there. Yeah. There were cov chants, yeah. and it You're just sounded like boiling. But there were cov chants, and but and, and sounds like one of our gigs. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah. Which kind of leads on to my point, really. My, my next question was going to be around. What is it like as a cov band? What I've seen with like the specials, I've not seen, but seen secondhand um, yeah. and the enemy is the kind of wearing cov as a badge. Uh, how have you kind of juggled that? Because I wouldn't say that you do that. You've not got cov shirts all over your, your drums and stuff. Like, how do you manage that? I, I don't know if you know this, but I work for Coventry City Academy, mm-hmm. coaching the young lads. And I always have. And I'm very, we're all massive cov fans, but you kind of have to decide whether you want to go and be the football kind yeah, of band. Yeah. Or do you want to be the band that aren't the football band? And uh, it's yeah. we try to create a divide in between. To you can, I guess it's about it's, it's how tough. explicit you want to be. So yeah. we, um, Coventry's obviously got a really strong, proud um, working class history, mm. and um, I think in our imagery, in our uh, certainly in, in some of our lyrics. Definitely in our, our imagery, we try and sort of portray that yeah. thing, and that's our sort of nod to nod to. We're all working class uh, yeah. lads from Cov, but we don't and, go down the terrace way. Yeah, yeah but that's what yeah, we try. You, you that, don't want to go into that line, and uh, you don't want to be explicit, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, we're all immensely proud of where yeah, we come yeah. from. But I, also, I don't think we'd suit being trying to copy that kind of enemy kind of vibe because we don't have the same kind of songwriting as the enemy. Mm-hmm. They're very, very anthemic, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
And I think we write good hooks and we're very, very, and we're catchy, but I think it's a little bit more layered in a sense, you know what I mean? Almost like their later albums, you know what I mean? Whereas their first album was like bang in your face. If you don't love it, well, you ain't got a choice because you've got to love it, you know what I mean? If you're you're an 18 year old and you've just had a can of Stella, you're going to love it. So, absolute pleasure. I really appreciate both of you. I can't wait to see you at the weekend. Um, Any last words? Yeah, um, we'll be on at about half five. Get down there early to avoid the crush. Uh, <laughs> so uh, make sure you're there to watch the Institutes on Sunday as well. Yeah, wicked. Um, just thank you. Thank you to you as well for using our uh, our song as your theme. Yeah, no, no. It's yeah. likewise. It's likewise. It's really cool. <laughs> it, was a, it was a perfect... I can't even imagine. I know the podcast has X amount of listeners. It's not taking over the world. But at the same time, it's Coventry in the same way as your Coventry. And uh, to have a Coventry band was, was really cool. Well, so. It's going to be amazing. So we just... Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolute pleasure, boys. Appreciate it. Thank you.